Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse, And this is episode... 20! Oh my gosh. Yay! Fuck, I should have baked a cake. Yeah, you were supposed to bake me a cake on the 10th, remember? And I forgot then, too. <laughs> I've had a lot of shit going on in my life. Sorry. You do. I've had a shit show going on, so I'll bake you a cake for episode 25. <laughs> Thousand. <laughs> I am not holding you to baking me a cake, I promise. Oh, but I make such good cakes, though. Oh, I'm sure. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just being like, you know, with cookies. all this stuff. Maybe cookies. I could pull out some cookies better than a cake. Are you watching the latest season of Great British Baking No, show? I'm not. Are you all caught up? No, okay. I'm not. Because I was watching, um, God, the show on Netflix. You know how I love reality shows. Yes. Which Great British falls in the reality realm. It does. It does. But... It doesn't fall in, like, my reality realm. Right, you want a little more, like, chutzpah, a little more disco, a little more trash. You know what? It's funny you say chutzpah. Really? Netflix has this show about this um, Julia Hart who leaves the fundamental Jewish community in New York. Oh, my God. Yeah, she leaves Muncie, New York for, like, New York City. Oh, my God. Is that, uh, is, what's the name of that show? The, oh my god. Okay, see, this is where we should have had Netflix already pulled up. Uh, Yes, okay. I'm saying that for myself, too, because there's something I want to show you, too. So hold on. Yes, so I've been watching that. I finished it. It's only one season, and I finished last night, and I was super sad that I was done. I was like, no, I need to know what happens to Julia and Miriam and Shlomo and (laughs) Bachava. Oh my god, I love it. I was so I was so sad. I was like, I just can't with this. Oh my god. I love that. I love a good show like that that's like especially a documentary. I mean, I'm very big into like the documentary kind of world. But then like when it's a little culty or a little, you know, it has like this other underworldly crime story that I'm fully in, you know? Did you know there was fundamental Jewish communities? Yeah, Orthodox Jews. Um, the unorthodox life. Oh, okay. Okay, the unorthodox life. Gotcha. Yes, okay. yes, yes. That looks good. <laughs> it was freaking amazing. Okay, girl. Um, so I'm going to try to get you on HBO Max, and here's, here's how I'm going to do it. Is There is a documentary right now. On HBO Max called The Way Down. You know what? I've seen that picture. This woman, I, I don't know anything about her. It's um about Gwen Shamblin Lara. It's a weight loss Christian based church. You know what? I've seen that picture popping up on my socials. Okay. And I think when I sent you no, it wasn't when I sent you that one, it was something else. I've seen that and I'm like, what the holy fuck is this? Girl, all I gotta say is her teasing game is in puente. On point. That was a terrible representation of whatever the fuck language I tried to do there, but I'm assuming it's a wig. It's gotta be a wig! Because even Dolly wears a wig. That's a wig. I don't know. I may have to go get it home and try that. You, she might have a bumpet going on under here. I think she may have originated the bumpet at this point. I'm thinking, I got real thick hair, and if I teased, 
I might be able to pull that off. You could definitely pull this off. My hair is so fine that it would just take an insane amount of hairspray. So I think if she has thick hair, mm, mm, mm. it might be. Y'all, if you have seen the show or you're already watching the show, all I, all I know is it's in my queue right now and I am like geared up. You have got to see this photo of this woman. And, and also, I have no like frame of reference about her cults, essentially. But um, yeah, I'm really into like cults lately. So, so I pulled up how to sign up for it. Yeah. And so I was hoping there was like a free trial because that's how I, I told you that's how yeah. I ended up with Hulu. Yeah. Because <laughs> I I wanted to watch the Britney doc, and oh, so oh I God. signed up for the free trial, right? Yes. And I told my husband, "Don't worry, I'll cancel it when it's over." Oh yeah, never canceled it. <laughs> Now we're paying for it. And he was like, eh, it's only $7 a month. It's fine. Yeah. That's how you do it. You slide it in. You just kind of go like, oh, whoopsies. I forgot. And he's like, do you even watch it? I'm like, totally all the time. Girl, I forgot I had Hulu for like four months. And then I'm like, yeah, totally all the time. See? And I turn it on. I'm like, oh, this shit is good. It is good, dude. That's how I watch the entire, every single Shaw's a Sunset there is. Yes. Yes, the reality is uncomparable on there. But actually, they did not have all the Shaws on there. I okay. had to switch over to my sling to finish up the last three seasons. Yeah, that's the only thing with Hulu is like they'll either get the show like right the day after it airs, and then it'll show up on Hulu. And then what happens is is they like get the rights, you know, essentially. Then it comes off Hulu and goes on to like it used to be DVD, but now other streaming services or whatever. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Yeah, so I was. I just pulled it up. I'm like, is there a free trial? I'm like, fuck no. It's HBO. You know them. I'm like, how am I gonna pull this shit off? Yeah, I will. I will say, um, there. I mean, obviously, their shows, hello, are incredible, but their true crime docs are primo. And they have the Nexium one, and oh man, you know I love my true crime. I love the ID. I love the oxygen. Oh, like yes. Snapped is my god. Mm-hmm. But some, but you know what? Honestly, like when I sit down, I just love me my trashy reality TV. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love that. I love it. It's a perfect escape because it's not really reality. It's no. really not, which is no. great. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. why you watch it, you know? Yes. <laughs> but yet, it's so good that it makes me feel better about the shit show that's my life. I'm like, look how terrible their lives are. <laughs> hey, my life is bad, but their lives are shit. I'm like, so. but look at them. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to go back to the one thing you said, the free Britney doc. Yes. Did you did you watch it on Hulu? Oh, are you talking about the new one? The, the latest episode. No, I have not watched the new one. I'm talking about the first one. The first one? Mm-hmm. Bro. Bro. The, the level of surveillance that poor woman was under is insane. I'm actually surprised she's not in an institution. Truly, because the level of like gaslighting and surveillance and like just patrol... Uh, it just, it's like incredible. I'll have to watch it. Maybe when we're done with this, I'll watch it. You should. I honestly had to take a break because I was like, this is bad. And you know, um, also big news. Obviously, you guys are getting this after the fact, but I mean, oh, yeah. Jamie's off the conservatorship. 
Yes. So I'm not, now I'm like, okay, now what? Okay, that, that was fucking phenomenal news. First mm-hmm. off, that judge finally saw reason. I don't know mm-hmm. why it took that fucking long, but whatever. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they were all being paid off with her own money. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duh. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't disagree. Allegedly. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna say allegedly, but. She's going to say allegedly. <laughs> Amanda's like, I don't know what I'm saying, but it just come at me. I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> it's a dry hole over here. But seriously, like, it's just, it's just. Now what? Honestly, I think Brittany is a really good figurehead for the people who are in conservatorships against their will. There are so many right now in the United States. I think they said about four thousand people, which is disgusting. That's insane. I mean, I don't understand. Why is even a thing? I can see it for people who are truly incapacitated mentally or physically, where people have to take care of you medically, right? Like power of attorney. Like I physically cannot take care of my body and provide for myself. So you need to go do my grocery shopping, my basic needs, my care, my medicine. So take me to the doctor. why can't you just have a power of attorney? I don't know. Like the conservatorship laws are so convoluted in this country it's really weird and there's obviously no checks and balances because like okay let's just say you and i are together and i'm deciding that you i want your money you're richer than me i can say my partner is incapacitated and not mentally able or stable to take care of herself and therefore i have to take control of the finances i could probably get that done and take away all your rights and put you up into some institution no big deal and no one's checking in on that. Like, what the fuck? That's something we need a little oversight on. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, we do. I mean, you can go ahead and file that paperwork. You can take over my life. <laughs> I, I need... Do you want to be conserved? Please. I, <laughs> ideally, in like some massive mansion on a beach. Mm-hmm, conserve mm-hmm. the fuck out of me there. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Because it ain't going to be done with my money. <laughs> Exactly. I, I want you to find that money. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm a little riled up about human rights today because I did a little marching. I know. And I'm really proud of you. And I wish I could have gone. But Girl, you were there in spirit. I felt you. Remember, I saw a sign that said, you know, cunt on it with a K. And I was like, ah! It's our I know. I was like, go make best friends with her. <laughs> you sent me the picture. I was like, go make best friends with her. And I made sure our social media post today had to do um, with women's rights so yeah yeah I just gotta make it today no I mean it was really humid for one but yeah it was it was really good it was good to be part of a community that it's it's nice to know you're not alone Mm -hmm. you know even through all of the crazy that's been happening and the quarantine and the COVID and like all of that it's just like okay now if we could all just take this energy to the polls then we'd have some relaxation so that's what yeah that's where it really needs to happen. Were they having people um, where they could sign up to vote there, register yeah. to vote? Yep. They were literally said it like multiple times. They said, find someone in a, in a yellow vest. They'll help you register to vote if you've moved. You have to change. You have to register. You have to do Like, it was really cool. Um, but I think that's interesting. I'm kind of curious about what those organizations do because you can sign up to be a person who helps people register to vote. Mm-hmm. And you could literally just like, if you wanted to go to your work and go, hey, are you registered to vote? No. Okay. Well, here's how you do it. Yeah. That's awesome. I think if everybody did that, 
then we would have a lot more people at least registered and then hopefully showing up. Yeah, you but know, it's community based. Yeah, I don't want my coworkers to vote. <laughs> I think I know why. <laughs> You'd rather they not vote anymore. Yes, yeah. that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm, 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 but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool. It was cool. But, you know, human rights are important, essentially. That's kind of the net net there. All people's rights are All important. people's rights are important, exactly. Yes. yes, everyone. Does that have anything to do with the person we're going to talk about today? Um, no, because her rights are not important. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm curious to see who you're doing because you've, you've been like light speed ahead on your research. It's amazing. I, I don't know what's going on with me. I guess because I have literally nothing in my life but this. Stop. And my shitty, shitty job. <laughs> so here we are. It's amazing what a toxic work environment does for your... For your outside work activities? Uh-huh, uh-huh. For your funsy, no-getting-paid activities. Oh, man. Which, speaking of... Yes. You know, we do this for fun, and we don't get paid, and we, we do a lot of things that we fund ourselves. So, we have a... Patreon? No. Oh, uh... A donate button. We do have a donate button. Um, on our... Link tree. Link tree. Thank yep. you. Yeah. My brain today. No worries. So if you'd like to donate to us and the cost we incur, mm-hmm. um, we would appreciate it. Yeah. And one of our donate buttons will even send you one of our... Stickers. We have, we have stickers. Yes. We love them. And They're pretty great. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll have a second sticker option that is actually my favorite. Wink, wink, I'm winking at the people who are listening to us right now. Yes. <laughs> Maybe by the time this episode comes. No, probably not. We'll see. We'll see. They're waterproof, weatherproof, vinyl. You can put them on those Yeti cups that you put in the dishwasher that you're not supposed to. <laughs> and they'll stay and last. Exactly. Allegedly, according to the sticker company. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and another thing we definitely want to point out is... Speaking of Patreon, mm-hmm. we um, not only have donate, you can help us like with all the incurred the podcast costs and you know buying new mics and things like that. Um, but we are going to be releasing an exclusive Patreon only series, and we're just going to leave it at that. Yes. So stay tuned. We will let you know when it's up only on Patreon. Um, Patreon exclusive content, uh, merch there too, all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're excited about that. It's, really it's excited. It's a whole series. Um, we're starting from beginning to end, and uh-huh. it's going to correlate with a upcoming trial. Yep, it's very. Um, you're going to like it. And I it, hope you like it. I I think they will. It's true crime adjacent. I mean, there is crime involved. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's going to be pretty intense. So stay yeah. tuned on that one. We'll let you know, obviously. Um, but I'm excited because now I have ideas too. So Okay. Mm, love it. <laughs> you ready to get started with this? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this mama. Oh, bless. Are we going to bless her heart already? God bless. <laughs> oh, man. Bless my heart for entering this world. This world right here. Oh, God. Deanna Laney. Deanna Laney. Have you heard of her? Uh Uh-uh. Never. 
So she was a 39-year-old mom of three children, 14-month-old Aaron, 6-year-old Luke, and 8-year-old Joshua. They're all biblical names. If you haven't noticed, I had to like refer to my the pod hubby and make sure that they were all in the Bible. <laughs> did you did you ask him? I was like, are these biblical names? He's like, yeah. Yeah, because Joshua. Yeah. I no, that wasn't my big question. I think Aaron was like my big question one. Yeah, brother of Moses, I believe. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of church, okay? I did not grow up with the church. <laughs> so, anywho, they lived in New Chapel Hill, Texas. I just can't get out of this state. Honestly, we got some fucked up shit going on here, so I, I don't I mean, blame you. we rivaled the Florida. Rival? Ooh. We're the new Florida. Yeah, we're definitely taking the, the cake. Oh, yay. <laughs> By the way, if you hadn't heard, I'm from Florida now. Oh, yes. Okay. So, um, New Chapel Hill is in East Texas, about an hour and a half, half southeast of Dallas. Okay. We, we all located there? Yep. Okay. Got it. So, Deanna homeschooled her children. Uh. She was a d- devout member of the... Baptist. Better. Methodist. Better. First Assembly of God. Oh. A Pentecostal yes. cult. Yes. Sorry, yes, church. Yes, yes, yes. Church. Let's go. Sorry. Sorry, wrong C word. Not cult. cult. Church. Cult. Church. <laughs> Church. Where her brother-in-law was the pastor. There it is. I am here for this. I'm picturing large Karen, can I speak to your manager hair? Lots of chunky highlights. Lots of big jewelry. Maybe some LuLaRoe. She, okay, she did not have Karen hair because she's a Pentecostal. But... Not all Pentecostals are the long hair to the ass Pentecostal, jean skirt to the to the ankle. So the Pentecostal I know is. Okay, yes, yes. The boozeless wedding that you refused to go to because I'm sorry. I did not refuse to go. It was because of my MS in the middle of COVID and it would have been dangerous for me to go. No, no, no. With I know. my health. No, of course. What I'm saying is like refusing to go in the, the health way, but also like there's no booze at a wedding? I mean, I I just don't want it out there that I refuse to go because it's the pod hubby's best friend. Mm. Ah. Gotcha. It's, it's, a, it's a health concern. Yeah, it was a health concern. Yes. But all I'm saying is, like, not all Pentecostals. Because, like, I've seen some Pentecostals that are more like the Karen vibe. Uh-huh. You know? Mm-hmm. So when, this is my question. People who are, were Pentecostal, where's the divide? Of hair to the butt and or normal clothes, but... I mean, it's kind of like regular Baptist and Duggars. Like, it's the same thing. Okay. You know what I mean? There's yeah, yeah, There's different yeah. sections of it. Like, there's regular Catholics and then there's Catholics that are part of the Catholics for Choice. Oh, yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a nonprofit we didn't know about. Yeah, that was amazing. I was like, "What?" Until I found it, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, seriously. Um, I might would go to church then. I don't know. So she was a Pentecostal living mm-hmm. in East Texas. <laughs> East Texas Pentecostal. Oh my lord! You can't get much better than that. No, you cannot. <laughs> she's, not at all. <laughs> she sang in the church choir, and the other church members said the family was very stable and loving. 
I hate when they say that because it's like you, you know you know it's not it's not it never is the the yeah it's never what it seems I know so outside of the church they kept to themselves they lived in a rural area on five acres of land honestly I'm not seeing the problem living on in a rural area on five acres of land and keeping to yourself like that's my dream yeah that sounds awesome actually that's my dream yeah have a bunch of barn cats and some dogs out there if you're a realtor and you can find me that for like ninety thousand dollars hit me up slide into my dms (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's my dream living my dream right there yeah minus the pentecostal situation yeah of course bold (laughs) well what happened on this dream of land? I'm speaking on a bad mom day, so you know there's a problem. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. No, there's yeah. not. Because there was no way around to see her start to spiral into severe violent delusions and hallucinations. Oh, good God almighty. Except her husband, Keith. <sighs> Keith. 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 Come on, man. Keith said he had no idea Deanna was having a mental health breakdown. Oh, so she's having delusions, she's having visions and stuff, and he's just like chill and cool with it. I mean, and doesn't notice it. You know, that doesn't surprise me. It does not surprise me. You know what? I honestly don't think she told him about her delusions and her hallucinations. But wouldn't he see her? In the house, maybe like talking to something that's not there or like trying to interact with it. I don't think those were the type of delusions she was having. Oh. Maybe like delusions of grandeur, like I'm amazing. I, I'm the queen of I, the universe or something. I think I'm going to tell you about them. Oh, oh, oh. In a hot second. I'm skipping ahead. You Sorry. always skip ahead. I do. I do. Because you know, I'm going to eventually get there. <laughs> Remember, I'm not a straight to the point storyteller. I'm a like down the hill through the woods, around the bend, and then round back to the end. I wanted you to say to grandmother's house we go. Right in the middle there. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so her sister Pam was the only person that noticed something wasn't right. But really, she only noticed that she was acting a little strange and losing weight, eating less, and reading her Bible more. Mm, okay. You want me to get real aggro? Always. I'm about to get real aggro. So in her delusions, she hallucinated the smell of brimstone, which she took as a sign of the devil, and she also saw signs in her infant's bowel movements. Oh, no. Okay, this is when I'm worried about mental illness. Yes. Schizophrenia or something. It gets worse. Oh, no. I'm about to even get even more aggro here in a couple of sentences. I'm already... Uh, do we need to Do we need to SP it? Are there any SPs coming up? No. There will be SPs. Okay. I mean, you're only... It's only a shit pothole if, like, you're triggered by religion, which is me, which is why I'm aggro. <laughs> It's my own shit, Paul. I was going to say, do I need to say it to you as you're reading your story? Yes. Okay. Yes, you do. (laughs) So Deanna didn't tell anyone about these hallucinations. That's why Keith didn't know. Right. She kept them to herself. I'm going to say one thing, though. I'm going to say this. Man's partners, family, friends, check in with your loved ones. Just check in. You know, also, if you're that close to someone, 
right? I'm sorry. Shouldn't someone notice slight differences in behavior if you're truly paying attention to the partner in a relationship? Yes. Just saying. Like, my husband knows if I, like, breathed wrong. Right. Correct. And then he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, no, you're not. You're obviously not fine. I'm like, I'm fine. Now you fight. You fight it. You fight the help. But at least he's offering. And then eventually, seven hours later, I'm like, fine. Here's what's wrong. And it's something completely stupid. Like, when I was driving home from work, the blue car, like, didn't use their blinker. I don't even know. Something that triggered you, and you're just yes. like, ah! Yes. Speaking of triggered. Yeah. So, he didn't notice all these things were happening. Mm-hmm. Continue. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get triggered. Okay. So, she didn't tell anyone about her hallucinations at first. Eventually, she did tell someone that she was hearing God speak to her. And that he was telling her that the end of the world is coming. Ooh. Who did she tell, you ask? Her ask, pastor. Ask me who she told. Who, who'd she tell? She told the church congregation, of course. Oh, God bless. And since this was a Pentecostal cult, no one questioned mental health. They all just said, okay, cool. Because it's an accepted part of that religion that God speaks to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who's the real cunt? Why are you... Okay, explain why you're angry right now. I really want to know. Because no, God doesn't speak to you. How do you know, Amanda? You never know. Maybe she was having God's talk to her. <laughs> I'm being devil's advocate, obviously. It, I, I understand that is very understandable. When she I'm went like to it. the church right. and she said, God is speaking to me, all those people... All ten of them. I don't fucking know how many people is at the church. I can't imagine it's as many people as at the Baptist church down the road. You never know. Okay, all 55 of them. There we go. Fair. One of them should have fucking said, Deanna, sweetie. Right. I don't think God is speaking to you. I really think we should, like... Get in my car. Go to a doctor. Yes. Well, here's the thing. I'm here's. I'm gonna help you with this. Let me help you. Take a breather. Take a, a little sip of water and breathe. <laughs> I grew up Lutheran, but I went to churches very close to this, like very um, Pentecostal adjacent, like the new Guitar Church, I guess you can say, which most churches are now, right? Big old screens. Walk in, it's a massive auditorium. Think Joel Olstein, whatever. Those oh, are my those friends. Churches. Mega churches. Mega churches, exactly. So my when you walk in there, and it's very much acceptable to say, God spoke to me about this thing and put this on my heart to say to the congregation. Very, very acceptable behavior and, and actions. And nobody questions mental health, of course not, because that's something that's already established. If you're hearing PSA. Yeah. <laughs> hey, see you next Tuesday, PSA. If you're hearing voices, if you feel like somebody is speaking to you, even if you don't hear the voices, but you have the thoughts in your head and you you think someone is speaking to you through your thoughts, you're not. Please see a doctor. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's a really interesting thing that, unfortunately, still in most churches... Mental health is very stigmatized in that it's like you can just pray it away. You cannot pray it away. Right. It's like, no, I feel like God gave us doctors and mental health people for a reason. Yes. You know? They're gifts from your God. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Do you feel a little better? No. No. (laughs) 
absolutely not. <laughs> this was a rough story for me. Yes, I could see that. Take your time. Okay, so um, in case you don't know about the Pentecostal religion, I did a little bit of research for okay, you all. Okay, good. Actually, I do want to know this. Um, so I didn't know. Okay, I, I knew about the speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I knew about the snake situation, Mm -hmm. which, FYI, okay, if you don't know about the snakes, um, there are some Pentecostal churches, and really it's only like in the Appalachian Mountains, it's like not very prominent. When they preach, they have the snakes, and they preach with the snakes, and it's basically like, um, God will protect me, and and I won't get bitten by the snake. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's extreme is Pentecostal. So um, it started in the early 1900s at a revival. William J. Seymour preached about baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gift of speaking in tongues. Mm. So speaking in tongues for you don't for those that you don't know, I think I'm right in. You feel like the Holy Spirit takes over you and you just start. Talking gibberish, basically. Right. You're, they're speaking the language of God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if God was speaking to her, how did she know what he was saying? Because she can speak the language of God, Amanda. Okay. So <laughs> they, I thought they also practiced foot washing. Yep, like Jesus. Okay. Okay. So foot, let me tell you what foot washing is because I had to Google it. And when I typed in foot washing into the Google box... I was terrified of what was going to come up. I was going to (laughs) say. I was like, this is either going to be what it actually is, or it's going to be really weird porn. Awkward conversation with the pod hubs. No, he was on the couch with me. Like, I was sitting on the, we have, you know. Yeah. We have the big couch. I was on this side. He was on this side. And I was telling him what I was doing. He was like, I can't wait to see what you get. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm going to bookmark that for later. So I have a thing about feet, and this grosses me out. Okay. Um, so foot washing is what it sounds like. You wash each other's feet in a sign of humbleness because Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. You're like, just the thought of touching other people's feet. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody even touching my feet. Oh, yeah? I, I can't. What about can't. like a pedicure situation? I can get through it. Oh, really? Even that? I don't. It weirds you out. Okay. I have a thing with feet. Okay. It's a... Anyhow, <laughs> so they do believe in medical doctors and medicine, but they uh. also believe in divine healing. Right. Yes. So like laying on of hands mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, all the, like mm-hmm, you say on TV sometimes mm-hmm. in the old school. I don't know. Do they do that anymore? TV preachers? Do they still lay on of hands? Oh my God. Repressed memory. Oh. Just now. When I was little, like real little, six, seven, I was at my grandmother's apartment and she was losing I remember she was losing her hearing she was having hearing loss because in my head my grandma was always old while I was there one of her friends came over and was praying over her ears what and then when my dad found out that happened while I was there because I would go stay with my grandma every summer Uh then when my dad found out I was that happened while I was there he was livid Really? In fact, y'all can't do the... They don't do this now. Not when I was that little. 
But when I was a little bit older, my parents would put me on the Greyhound bus behind the driver with my snacks and my stuff. And I would ride the Greyhound bus from my house to my grandmother's house. By yourself? By myself. How old were you? 10, 11, 12 probably. Damn. 80s, bro. Yeah, that's so Gen X. That is an 80s vibe if I've ever heard one. Sorry, you said laying of the hands in the prayer. I was like... Do you, do you remember what happened? Did your grandma did, did your grandma invite the people over? Was that the whole, all you can remember of the memory? That is all I remember. My grandma was sitting in a chair, and the lady was standing behind her with her hands. That's all I remember. Wow, girl. Was your grandma Pentecostal? Or like no, a, a she church? A church? No. Huh. Interesting. It was probably one of her old lady friends that right. was like, let me come pray on your ears. Right, right. Let me, I'll pray over it. I'm going to pray on you. I'm going to fix your hearing. Mm-hmm. Let me pray. Let me come pray over it. And you know she brought a casserole. Of course she probably fucking did. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I digress. So some sects of the religion that are strict, women must dress modestly. We talked about it earlier. Think of the Duggars. Um, so... They don't just speak in tongues. They will also spontaneously break out in songs, dance, shouting, praying, however the spirit moves them. Right. I mean, I kind of think that would be entertaining to watch. Have you have you seen it on YouTube? You need okay, after that you absolutely need to Google this on YouTube. People jumping around in, in Pentecostal churches. I, I can't. <laughs> You're like, I don't know you if I can just, handle it. Everyone just heard how triggered I got. Can you, can <laughs> you imagine true. if I saw it on YouTube? That's true. You'd be like, <laughs> lose your mind. I would lose my shit. <laughs> so May 10th, 2003 was the day before Miller's Day. And this is when Deanna's delusions broke her mental health completely. She oh, no. broke. So... She thought she was like Mary keeping her pregnancy a secret. What? Um, with her delusions. Like keeping her delusions a secret. She oh. thought she was like Mary keeping. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but she was also beginning to identify with Andrea Yates. Uh-huh. Bringing it back. First circle. girl. Foot wow. Can't speak English, I guess. Full circle. Full circle for me. I am two oh, for two crap. on the full circles train. Dude, that's awesome. Andrea Yates, episode two, y'all. We covered her. So if y'all want to go back and take a listen, it's pretty interesting. It's um, a rough episode to listen to. It is really difficult. But if you don't know who Andrea Yates is, um, go back and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so two years prior to this day... Andrea Yates um, killed her children in a religious delusion. Yeah. Um, so, Deanna thought her and Andrea Yates would work together as witnesses when the world ended. Ooh, hon. Bless her heart. Yes. Bless her heart. So, here's where my shit pothole begins. And you might. I'm gonna do a couple 
three or four move aheads yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah, you might want to move ahead a couple of times. So when God was speaking to her, the delusion that she was having was that he was demanding for her to kill her children. <sighs> and the longer she waited, the more impatient he got um, demanding her to kill them in a more violent way. Ooh. So she claims that she was struggling between obeying God and selfishly keeping her sons alive. Then one day, she was walking through the yard, and she tripped over a rock, and she thought, this is the sign from God that this is how she's supposed to sacrifice her sons. It's a little, uh, little extreme. Yes. Like, way to crank it up to 11 after you trip outside. It's very, um, you know, Hitler's a failed painter, all of a sudden I'm going to kill everybody kind of vibe. (laughs) Like, what the hell? I mean... So that night on May the 10th, while Keith was asleep, she quietly slipped out and went to Aaron's room. Um, She took him from his crib. So if you've tuned back in, if you didn't hit the button too many times, shit pothole, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. I can't tell you enough. You probably don't want to hear this. She began hitting him in his head with the rock she hid in his room earlier. Oh, was it the rock from outside that she tripped on? I don't know if it's that exact rock. I'm going to go with maybe. If it was, I don't know that I'd want to tell you. Um, So when poor little Aaron began to cry, she put a pillow over his head to muffle his cries. So Keith actually, at this point, came into Aaron's room because he heard Aaron crying. Well, yeah. But, um, so, the door, when he came in the door... Deanna was, her back was to the door, so she was blocking the crib. He couldn't see Aaron. Okay. So Deanna told him everything was okay, and he was like, all right, cool. Like, any dad in the middle of the night, mom's got the crying baby, she says he's going to be fine, she's changing the diaper or whatnot. Right. And why would you think your wife would be doing this? Exactly. not your thought. Who's going to, immediate thought, go, oh, she's. Hurting. hurting my child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't because he doesn't know that she's not here on the planet at this point. Right, right. So the next thing she did was um, wake up her other two sons, Luke, age six, Joshua, eight. She took them out to the rock garden. Um, once at the rock garden, she asked them to lie down. That's when she struck Luke in the head with a large rock. No. At least eight times. And then drug his body behind the swing set and placed the rock on top of him to stop his breathing. Deanna took a second to talk to God and tell him that she couldn't do anything else to her son. And according to that moment, according to her, that exact moment, she saw a lightning flash and took that as a sign that Luke had passed away. Oh my God. She is... Okay, she's very mentally ill. I'm yes. S- I, I wish we had covered this earlier, so don't get upset with what I'm about to say. We have a hard time talking about this. We covered up with our smart-ass remarks. She's fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Um, so at this point, she returned the rock to the garden. She returned to the rock garden to do the same thing to Joshua. He actually began to struggle, and she kneeled on his arms and 
continued until he stopped. Mm. Then she did exactly what Andrea Yates did and called 911 just after midnight on May the 11th. Um, she calmly told the 911 operator, I've killed my voice. I'm just going to stop real quick. Where the fuck is Keith while this is happening outside? He's asleep. The bro can sleep through anything. I am assuming they probably, the boys probably didn't even make a noise. Joshua probably didn't see what she was doing to Luke. I'm going to assume the first thing time she struck them with a rock, mm. it was hard enough to Stop. knock them unconscious. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they couldn't cry out. It's just awful. Yes, it's absolutely terrible. Okay, yeah, move on. Move on. So when police and the first responders showed up, um, they that's what woke Keith up, and he was still in his night clothes and had no idea why the police were at his house. Oh God, that poor man. Um, that's that's mm, yeah. shit pothole hit the button again. You might not even want to finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're already done, that's fine. We fairly we understand. Yeah. Um. So the police found the rock found the rock garden, and then about 100 yards away from the house in a wooded area, still on the phone with the 911 operator, they found Deanna barefoot, um, dressed in blood spider PJs. Oh, wow. She told the police where they could find Josh and Luke, um, but she wouldn't take them there. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Luckily, 14-month-old Aaron was actually still alive in his crib. Thank God. And they rushed him to the nearest hospital. And from there, they flew him to Children's Medical Center of Dallas. Um, The doctors were able to save Aaron's life. But unfortunately, he's so... um, His brain damage was so severe that he lost his sight. And he would never be able to live independently. So he's blind now? Mm -hmm. Oh, poor, poor kid. So they questioned Keith, of course. Yeah. What the hell, man? Yes. (laughs) What happened here? But he had no idea what had happened or why it had happened. And he said when he went to Aaron's room and he saw Deanna um, standing over Aaron, he just thought she was changing his diaper. Right. And as we said, like, you can't blame him for it. Right. You would not assume... The worst. Yes. Especially not of your wife. (laughs) Yeah. No. Shit pothole me. Shit pothole to you, Miss Ma'am. <laughs> so when they asked Deanna why she committed this absolutely horrific act, she said that God told her to do it. Mm. That makes sense to me. I get it. I, I get it. Wow. It's just like a, you know, it's a latching on delusion. You know, she's just like, well, this makes sense. You know, and she's already got mental <gasps> illness going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's rough. I know. I I wish this story was gonna get better. You better have a fucking badass star mom to follow this shit. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. (sighs) Yeah, don't worry. So when (laughs) Deanna got arrested because she's standing there, I did it. Look at me. This happened. You know, not denying it. She began. Um, acting erratically in her cell. She would go from crying in the fetal position to walking around her cell, singing gospel music, to praying, back to crying, and then just a blank stare. Wow. So they're like, oh yeah, there's definitely something going on here. This is beyond just like 
a murderous, this is like mental situation. So eventually they put her on suicide watch until she could have her psyche valve. And um, when she went for her mental health evaluation, she very calmly described what she did with a smile on her face because she truly thought she had followed God's plan and her children would be resurrected. Oh no. Wow. She, but she says she didn't carry out her plan perfectly because Aaron had survived. So I guess to punish herself, she had lapped up water from the floor and drank out of the toilet. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so she told the psychiatrist that right before midnight on May 9th, she was awakened by God with a feeling telling her that it was time. So she honestly believed at the time that she obeyed God that her kids, you know, that her kids would be resurrected. Like she, she really believed this. Yeah. But can I, I don't know if I wrote this further down or not, but can we address something? Yeah. I would like to address something. Please. That rock had been placed under Aaron's crib premeditatively. Mm. So the so yeah cuz I remember you when you said the rock that was placed there and I so I was like did you did she like trip over the rock and bring it with her and place it yeah, under the crib yeah, for later? Yeah. yeah, she placed a rock under the crib for later. Interesting. So do you th- are you in, are you insinuating that this may not have been a mental situation? This was all an act? I don't potentially I don't, I really don't, like, I don't know how that being that mentally ill works. Right. Because, you know, God's telling her to do this. She's fighting God. Like. Maybe God did tell her, hey, put this here for later. Kind of thing. Maybe. Or she tripped over the rock. She said, oh my God, I have to do this with this rock. Why did she wait until later? Instead of just doing it right then. Yeah, because I'm sure her husband was at work at the time. I don't know. Because she homeschooled her kids, so obviously she was a stay-at-home mom and and Keith works. Why wait? Like, yes. That's interesting. I just found that a little bit interesting. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yes, so... It's like the time frame between when God told you to do something versus when you carried it out is so long that you're like, that is premeditation. Because enough premeditation. I mean, yeah. You had delusions yeah. and hallucinations, but it sounds like it wasn't like a twenty four seven situation. Right. So therefore you had time to be like thinking about that. I should not do this. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I'm not saying she's not mentally ill because I one hundred percent believe she's mentally ill. Right. I'm just saying like and why didn't did Keith never go in the baby's room? Because my husband would have seen the fucking rock under the crib and been like, what the fuck? He probably would have thought Josh or Luke, Joshua, I just shortened everybody's name. Josh or Luke, he would have been like, Josh, Luke, who put this fucking rock under this crib? Yeah, right. He wouldn't have said fucking but anywho. Right, right. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, what's going on here, boys? Why why are you why, messing why, around? Why, why did you put a rock in Aaron's room? Yeah. And they would have been like, we didn't put the rock in Aaron's room. And right. then he, they would have gotten in trouble for lying. Right. 
I don't know. It's I'm weird. Just working all this out. Yeah, no, for sure. So March 2004, Deanna stood trial in Tyler County on two capital murder charges and one aggressive assault charge. And she pled not guilty by reason of insanity. I would assume, yeah. And so as we talked about with Miss Andrea Yates, it's very difficult to be found guilty by, not guilty by reason of insanity, especially in Texas. Mm -hmm. In fact, Andrea Yates was found guilty in her first trial. Mm -hmm. And she did not get her reason of insanity, not guilty by reason of insanity, until her second trial. Wow. So, and she was... She was very she, clearly schizophrenic. She was very mentally ill. Yes. Um, so, Texas has what's called the McNaughton Rule, and that states that defendants must prove that they have both a mental disease disease or defect, defect. Yeah. and that they cannot tell right from wrong at the time of the crime. Well, I'm assuming that she put those two on lock, because if yeah. you're systematically doing that to your children. Yes. Yeah. So only 1% of criminal defendants take this plea and only about a fourth of them are successful. Wow. So that's how difficult it is to be criminally insane. So if you think you can can commit a crime and be play crazy, mm -hmm. no, you can't. Good luck. So her attorney, I love this, was F.R. Buck Files Jr. Oh, yes. I love a good book. There is nothing more Texas than a book. Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm going I'm to go real nice Wranglers, real nice belt, cowboy hat, blazer. You know what? I did look up his website. What? You know I did. Does, am I right? Am I on? I don't remember. For some reason, I think he had like a bolo. You know? <gasps> yes, a bolo. Oh, my God. I don't remember. remember so best? now I have to look it up. Oh, my glory. Here we go. Book. Oh, no. We're totally wrong. Oh, he's got a nice white beard, though. Yeah, he looks like a gentleman. He does look like a southern gentleman. He looks. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to know what his other notable cases were, if he had any, because I'm interested. Oh, absolutely. Because a name like Book. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, it doesn't list any, Damn. but it does say... That Court TV has covered more than 70 of his cases, so I guess he's kind of a big deal up in North Texas. Ooh, kind of a big deal. I mean, if I commit a crime, I might interview Buck to meet, be my defense attorney. Of course. Or Comey. The dreadlock attorney yes. here in, in yes. Texas. <laughs> yes. I mean, those two are like neck and neck. I'd have to interview them and see who I feel comfortable with depending on my crime. Absolutely. So, now she was under mental health treatment and medication for her illnesses. She cried through most of her trial. And she, yeah. you know, because now she's realizing what she's done now that she's right. getting the help that she needs. Yes. She did not take the stand in her own defense. Um, and when they showed pictures of what she did to her sons at trial, she did not look at them. No. Ready for me to bring it back around? Yes. There were a total of five psychiatrists that testified in about Deanna's mental state. Two of those were doctors Philip Resnick and Park Dietz. Motherfucker. They both worked on Andrea Yates' trial. So it turns out Park Dietz is the cunt here. <laughs> We've said it like eight times. I know. And he's we're on like, episode 20. He's gonna like get some lawyers. <laughs> Sorry, Park. 
We just don't appreciate like glomming. Come, come at me, bro. <laughs> See what you can get. It's just that whole idea of like glomming onto a case because it's high profile. It's very sketch. I don't like it. I, I have a scratch in my purse where I won 10 bucks. So you get that. <laughs> here you go. Go here, away. There you go. <laughs> um, so here's Park. Okay. Let me tell you about Park Dietz. He was the stupid motherfucker that said poor Andrea Yates knew right from wrong when she committed her crimes. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Go listen to episode two. Yeah. You'll find out. But in this trial, he did not believe Deanna knew right from wrong. Okay, until now he's like flipping. Yes. Because Andrea was pre-her. Yes. Uh-huh. Two years before her. Uh-huh. Interesting. I'm going to say part deets. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Andrea did not know right from wrong. <laughs> so Deanna, yes, here's where I wrote it. Um, I wrote Deanna premeditatively put a rock in Aaron's room. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, no, saying I, that I don't know. Like, she was literally mentally ill, but I just... Because I've never been that mentally ill. I don't know what it's like. I right. don't know what you do, how you act, so... So, um, several experts testified they thought Deanna had been suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness for the past three years. Um... You know, and all, like I said, all five psychiatrists thought that she was legally insane. Two were for the prosecution, two were for the defense, and one was for the judge. Oh, wow. So everybody was in agreement here that she was not in her right mind. Right. So one of the things that Buck pointed out in the trial was that Deanna had a total of how many Bibles in her living room? Oh, God. If it's more than two, we got a problem. Four. In her living room. She's hiding them like fucking guns in Kill Bill. Like underneath like the couch. Like where where is she putting all these these Bibles? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like do you need a Bible every four feet? Like a Starbucks? Like what's happening? Or for every book in the Bible? No, there's more than 14. Maybe she just hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, she's doing a collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Or maybe it was every version of the Bible. Because, you know, there's like King James, there's New King James, there's like... Yeah, like I don't NIV. understand that. Don't get me started on that. Okay, either. okay, okay. So, um, he, the herd of old bug was like, she has 14 Bibles just in her living room. I mean, she could have had more in the house. I don't know. Uh, yeah. He was like, what was she to do? Does she follow what she believes to be God's will or does she turn her back on her God? You know what I say? Murder's never the answer. Correct. Yeah. I see his defense, though. I get what he's saying. Yes. He's yes. saying, uh, there's a pattern here. Yes. <laughs> so, April 2004, Deanna was actually found not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. And she was sentenced to a maximum security inpatient treatment facility, Vernon State Hospital in Vernon, Texas. I'm okay with that. Yep. I don't hate it. Nope. Um... And she had a hearing each year to determine that she needed to remain an inpatient. That's what they do when you're um, found guilt, not guilty by reason of insanity. They, they do check in on you once a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. To, to determine if you need to remain there. Right. And then in June 2004, Vernon transferred Deanna to the Kerrville State Hospital where Andrea Yates is being treated. Oh, Wow. So she actually kind of in a really weird way got her wish mm-hmm. to be with Andrea, like 
battling the the, de- <laughs> the devils, I guess. I, I mean, the I don't know. It's like it's like two villains in Batman meeting up, like the Joker and the Riddler or something, and you're like, oh, you can't shit. have the Joker and the Riddler together. Well, they were, they had to be in Arkham. That's where they kept all the baddies. I don't watch um, movies. Are you telling me that you don't know anything about Batman? I know things about Batman. I know that um, Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Okay, whoa. No, 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 not him. No, not him. The Tim Burton Batman series and the Michael Keatons are undisputed. And I don't know if there is the best Batman. Because Christian no, Bale, Christopher no, Nolan's were good. On. No, I am thinking Michael Keaton. Not quite sure. Yeah, no, Michael Keaton. For sure. You're definitely not thinking of Clooney. And no, there's no, no way you're no. thinking of Kilmer. No, 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 no. Yeah, it had to have been him. You and know, if you say the word Affleck, I will punch oh, you no, in I the face. I don't like him at all. Right. And I find that this whole... Um, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez situation, a little sus. Who gives a shit? To be honest, I didn't like them back then in the day. I thought Benifer was annoying, and now they're back together. I know. Why? Why? Gross. Okay, first of all, I don't... I don't really like hearing about her or anyone. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you about Deanna and Andrea Gates. Yes. Are they best friends? I don't really know. I'm going to tell her about being in Kerrville. Okay. So, um... Between, so there were some sus things that happened once Deanna was transferred to Carville. Hmm. So between August and December 2005, her treatment team was allowing her to have unsupervised off-campus passes. And the attorneys didn't know Deanna had been transferred and was being allowed off the hospital grounds till 2007. Whoa, that's a big deal. Yes. So that's when the prosecutor stepped in and requested the judge, Judge Kent, to put a stop to those shenanigans. Yeah. And of course he did. In 2008, Judge Kent, who was the presiding judge that sentenced her, retired. I just thought that was a little fun fact. Yeah. In 2009, or 2008, Keith divorced Deanna. And then, you know, he remarried. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I get. Like, at that point, it's like, I don't really, really have a wife anymore. You know, yeah. like, I, I can't... We don't have a relationship at this point, uh, essentially. So, honestly, it would not have taken me until 2008 to divorce her. No. I think also he was probably trying to be supportive, you know, as much as he could. Or the, try to figure the shit out. No. My support would have stopped... The first second you harmed my child. Huh? But, anywho, huh? May 24th, 2012. Ooh. You wanna know what happened? Yes. Um, she had been in the Carville Mental Hospital for eight years. Four psychologists testified there was no longer any reason to keep Deanna behind bars. Okay. All right. Citing there was no longer a threat to herself or others. The conditions of her release are as follows. Continue taking meds as prescribed. Take a regular drug test to ensure that she is taking her meds. Have no contact with minors. There could be more conditions, but I have no idea what they are. I couldn't find them. So she's out. She's out. And I'm assuming, wait, so is there, I mean, like I get, okay, so it sounds like she's kind of like on probation because they're going to have to drug test her. Sounds like a like a, she's at least gonna have to check in, or they're gonna have to check in on her. 
if she's getting drug she, tests regularly. She just has to take her meds and not have contact with minors. All right, I'm going to say something controversial here. I'm okay with that. Because, because, you know, it was truly a mental health-induced state, right? And it wasn't like there's any, you know, pattern of behavior where she's killed multiple children in her whole life. She's like all of a sudden at the end going, oops, it's mental illness. You know what I mean? And in, and if she's getting the help she needs, which sounds like she is now, her drugs, her regular check-ins or whatever else, then yeah, she should be allowed to go back into society and at least try to have a semblance of a life. I think there should be another condition that she can't go back to the Pentecostal church. You think? They encourage God delusions. It's not good for her. I mean, because, okay, if we say that, right, there are like thousands of people in the Pentecostal church right now that, you know, don't murder their children. They also have don't have a history of saying God spoke to them and told them to murder their children. True. I mean, if in her case, it could be a triggering thing. Y- yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. In that case, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not saying all Pentecostal people are child murderers. I'm not saying that. I know they're not. Good. I'm yeah. saying in that, her case. That's a shit pothole for her. Yeah, it definitely is. Like she steps through the door is like, no. Like maybe she should not be involved in religion at all. Like an organized religion. Uh-huh. See, it's tough because you got to think like for her, it does sound like things like that that are very, um, that set up those boundaries for you, very rules to follow, like good bad black white is very easy for her to kind of understand and then her mental illness kind of like ramps it but she also took it to i must murder my children right so to the final stages of whatever that is yeah yeah wow that's crazy so wait so her and andrea served time together yes what happened? Do we know if like no, they're no. friends? No, I don't know. Here's what I want to know though. How come she gets out and Andrea does not get out? I don't know. See, that's it. Like, I'm just wondering if, like, cause you know, health is a spectrum. If maybe she's a little bit less on the spectrum, like maybe Andrea's a little higher on that. Yes. Because Andrea heard voices to drown her kids mm-hmm. and she immediately drowned them the first time the voice told her to do it. Right. Yeah, there was no waiting. She she didn't wait a couple hours. Well, she had voices. The voice told her to kill her kids for I don't even know how long. She said she bought she fought the voices. Then she trips over a rock, and then she puts the rock under the crib, and then she waits till after midnight. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. And then Andrea had to have two trials before they found her guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah. And Andrea had a history of mental illness. Way more than her. Like She didn't even have a history of mental illness. True. She had a history of her sister going, she lost some weight and she's reading the Bible more. Right. So why does she get out and not Andrea? Right. Now that's a good point. That's a good point. Or at least like Andrea could be put in more of like a... Like a situation where people check in on her more. Mm-hmm. Like a person goes one, three, two or three times a week and go, hey, Andrea, how are we doing? And it's like a house that she lives in with maybe other people. Like a halfway house. Like a halfway house, exactly. Yeah. And they make sure she takes her meds and they make sure, you know, yeah. something like that. I don't know. It's a good question. These yeah. are all questions that I want to know about our like mental health system. 
Yeah. I think our mental health system's kind of wrecky. It's yeah. ratchet mm-hmm. for sure. That was a good one. Way to relate it back to episode two. You know, I saw her, I saw Andrea's name, and I was like, you won. <laughs> Deanna, you're it. And, and now we're doing her. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a choice. Like, your story is horrific, and I do not like telling people about this. But here's a related case to somebody else that we know. But I've talked about Andrea, so I gotta do you. Mm-hmm. And it's just further illustrates the point that mental health is very important. Oh, yes, for sure. Take it seriously. Take it seriously in your friends and your family. And NAMI has good resources. Yes. And also, Aaron, I hope Aaron is doing well. I really, I do really too. do. Yes. And I'm sure since his dad remarried, he probably married a wonderful woman who's mm-hmm. helping him take care of Aaron. Yeah. I don't know these things, but in my heart, that's how I feel. We're going to put that in the universe. So that's a good mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you ready to get lifted up more? Please, because that was. Yeah. Brutal. I, I know. Kid mo- murders are really hard to talk about. That's not great. Um, we're going to talk about Joyce Clegg. Yay! Who is that? Tell me. We're going back to Australia. I'm going back to Australia, everybody. Oh, <laughs> you and Australia is like me and Texas. Yeah, I can't help it. I've just been really on a kick lately. So we're going to talk about Joyce Clegg. I just recently learned about her, uh, obviously, because I don't live in Australia. And apparently she's a pretty big figure there. And... Let's get into it. So I have a really great article. It's amnesty.org, National Museum Australia, Wiki, of course, because, sorry, I'm a wiki ho. Wiki ho. It's you and your millennials. It, it, it's true. Um, and then another The Age article. So I just want to start off with a quote. Okay, let's do this. In 1977, Joyce was awarded the member of the Order of the Bridget, British Empire, an MBE, which I had to look that up. I'll tell you more about that later. Something her father encouraged her to accept on behalf of the Aboriginal people. Showing her humorous side, Joyce refers to her MBE as more black than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is who we're getting into. She's phenomenal. So Joyce is and knows the language of Yagir, which uh, is like an Australian Aboriginal tribe who traditionally lived in and around the Coffs Harbour, New South Wales area of Australia. So this was really interesting to me. So apparently it was kind of like one of the first people there and very few people of her specific Aboriginal tribe exist and, and speak this language or like a subset of it. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of cool how it all disseminated out. It's, it's interesting. Um, so she, Joyce was born in ni- July 22nd of 1938 in New South Wales in the town of McLean. And she was one of 15 children born to <laughs> Woo. that's like um let's just take a moment oh that's like they just walk out of that <laughs> hey mom what's up oh my room's over okay cool i'll go room with this one yeah it's like she's like making dinner as like oh there you go yeah right <laughs> Honestly, I gotta say, I'm sure it was never boring. She always had something to do. Always had a friend at any time. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? There is no empty nest. No. Uh, not at all. So at this time, like most indigenous people, they were discouraged from speaking their own language at school. Well, she was like, fuck that. And she learned her native tongue of Yagir. Um, so she wanted to keep her... She already at a very young age had a very close association to her roots, which I really love. Um... 
So now we're going to go to the 50s when she was a teenager. Um, she went to nursing school as a teen in Sydney, Australia, and this is where she started meeting leaders of the Aboriginal Australian Fellowship. And she even became a member of the Aborigines Progressive Association. Um, so again, so her activism started at a very young age. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think is really cool to see people like so engaged, so young, you know. Um, then in 1960, when she was 22 years old, she saw an invitation come around her area to attend the Third Federal Council for Aboriginal Advancement Conference at Newport, Sydney. When she went with her uncles and a friend, she realized the development of a national movement rights uh, towards rights for Aboriginal people. And she didn't realize that the whole country was kind of like going that direction to get rights for indigenous people. Wow. Yeah. So this was like, and that was like the third federal council back in 1960. So it was very new. Um, in 1967, when she was 29, she helped initiate a constitutional referendum for Aboriginal rights. And she even appeared in a film about it, promoting this referendum called Vote Yes for Aborigines. And here's more about that. So much like our civil rights act that went into law around that time this one um was and i'm quoting here it's a 1967 australian referendum may 27th 1967 called by the holt government related to indigenous australians voters were asked whether to give the federal government the power to make special laws for indigenous australians in states and whether in population counts for constitutional purposes to include all indigenous australians so essentially it's kind of like should the government be allowed to give these people rights and a vote and a say? Wow. 90% of the country voted yes. Of course they did. They're not stupid. This was 1967. Yeah, but they're not cunts. Exactly. It's incredible. Just the advance that they're like, yeah, of course we want indigenous people to have rights. And for y'all to help them out with this. Why wouldn't so we want that? Is that one of the places that's on our radar to move to? Absolutely. Once I finally get a passport? 100%. Okay. The beaches, girl. The beaches. Oh, I forgot. I'm not going there. The sharks. Girl, you'll be fine. Just stay on the beach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's be real. Beach, oh, cocktail. They got big bugs there. They do have bugs and spiders and snakes and everything that can kill you. Okay, fun. But human rights and beaches. <laughs> and it's Australia. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Um, so a year later, in 1968, she stood for the seat... Which, okay, so I heard this a lot. Stood for the seat, which I believe means she's either a part of or she's like the... Or does that mean like she ran for it? So I, I don't know because how they're referencing it, it, it sounds like, for instance, I'm going to say the sentence. A year later, she stood for the seat of the Legislative Council in the, of the Northern Territory. So whenever I was trying to figure out like, does that, like that, does it mean she ran for it? Does it mean she won it? Does it, what does, you know, mean... Um, but point is she was on the, or associated with the legislative council of the Northern territory. So she's starting to get further into politics. Um, and then in 1969, she convened the federal council for advancement of Aborigines and was nominated to be a representative of the world churches commission to combat racism, which I didn't know existed. That's no, very interesting either. Eventually in 1972, um, she was elected as the Northern Territory State Secretary at 34, 
again, this is at that federal council that she made during that conference. So at 34, she was already a state secretary of the Northern Territory for Aborigines. Like, it's just incredible. I mean, what were you doing at 34? Not, not that. Not, not that at all. I, what was I doing? I was uh, crying, but I had some champagne and probably watching a movie at the same time. So being a, a basic bitch, essentially. Not that. <laughs> um, so during this time in the 70s, she also helped people to apply to the Aboriginal Loans Commission to buy property. This was one of the first times that this had been done. So this is a cool thing that, that they're allowed to do is buy back the property that was taken from them from the government oh we tried to do that here how'd that work it didn't happen mm, shocking mm-hmm. yeah remember sojourner truth oh yeah. yeah 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 we can't let those people have rights they no. only like were here first and we stole their country but whatever no big deal yeah chill so um her, her, during this time, she starts to gain more and more prominence. Her work starts to get noticed abroad because in 1977, this is when she was awarded the member of the Order of the British Empire for her service to combat racism, which her father, as you know, told her to take. Because I'm sure at first she was like, why do I want this award from these white people? Yeah. Which I would be like, no. But her yeah. dad's like, no, you need to take it for our people because it's important. Yeah. So this is one of those awards that you see the queen give to people and I didn't realize there were four kinds so there's ones where you can be a knight or a dame right so we're talking dame judy dench and all that shit yeah 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 and then they kind of go down from there oh so the highest one is to be a knight yeah and you have to be a British citizen you have to you have to be born bred from what I understand so I can't be a knight no but you could get one of these so, for instance, this award is a order of a British order of chivalry, re- rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations, and public service outside the civil service. I'm trying to keep people from being murdered. There you go. I tell people murder is not the answer all the time. Bada bing. You're in. MBE. Hell Send yeah. <laughs> Send a letter. So people who have an MBE specifically, Adele, Ed Sheeran, um, and this is a really prestigious honor, and yes, I spelled honor the British way. Honor. Aren't they British? Why aren't they knighted and madame? Because they're arts and sciences, not like... Isn't Judy Dench arts Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I don't know. Because you can also get an OBE, which is an order of the British, you know, empire. Like, I want that. There's all these different ones. So there's MBE, OBE. I want one of these. I, girl, go on the Googles. Figure out how you can get one. <laughs> You're like, yeah, right. By next week, <laughs> I'm going to have one of these. I may have to buy it off Etsy, but I'm going to get one. I'm going to see her ass, like, walking up to the queen and be like, is that, is that Amanda? What the fuck? <laughs> No, I'm going to take you with me. We're going to oh, get it together. Go? Yes. Yay. <laughs> Would I go meet the queen without you? You're right. You wouldn't. Never. God, that'd be so cool to meet her. And I'd wear a crown. Oh, hun. I would out-crown her. Fire. Are you... Sh- oh, shit. Watch out. Coming for you, B. <laughs> Just saying. Just, yeah, okay. So, Miss Joyce, in the 1980s, she was up for pre-selection to the Labor Party, which we love, 
in both Houses of Parliament and New South Wales, and she was a member of the Australian Republic movement. In 86, she was the first Aboriginal person to become a trustee on the, Nash, uh, the Australian Museum Trust. And then in 96, which I believe would be her most proud moment, she and Adela Walker, whom I did not look up, but I'm assuming she's also an activist, so put a pin in her. I'm going to figure out that later. Filed a native title claim on behalf of the Yagi, um, oh gosh, Yagir people for a large stretch of land of the Clarence River. So she won this claim 19 years later in 2015. So from 96 when she filed it to 2015, it took 19 oh, years wow. to get their land back. And the reason why I stopped at Yagel is because like they also spell it not just Jaeger, but Yagel. There's like multiple different spellings, so I got a little tripped up there. But I thought that was interesting. This was also the oldest case that the court had seen that was still outstanding. And I was like, well, yeah, why don't you just give it to her back in 96? Yeah, like, what was your problem? Like, I don't know. Maybe the maybe it was backed up with that many cases? No, Judge Smith stuck it in his drawer and he forgot about That's, it. Or that, yeah, got stuck behind a thing. File 19, that bitch. Oh, shit. Oh, well, she didn't give up. So she won in 2015. So hell yes. You don't fuck with her. And just so you know... I almost thought she wasn't a mom, and I was like, oh, shit. I did all this research, and she's not a mom. She is. <laughs> Joyce is Ouch. in her 80s, is currently married to Colin and Clegg. They have been for 40 years. He is an Anglo-Australian um, from the Isle of Wight, so Scot Scotland, and that's not a Scottish accent. And they have four daughters, six grandchildren and counting, and several foster children. I love that they have foster children. They do. And I just realized I'm working on a star mom, and I don't know if she has children. <laughs> I literally got to the end of this one. I was like, oh, and did you not see the look on my face yeah. when you said that? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm not the only one then. Okay. Because I literally, because you assume. Like, you normally, assume. Th normally, the first thing I do is I find her on one browser tab, and then I open a new one, and I type in their name uh -huh. is... Brenda Smith, a mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Yeah, it's like this and then this. Exactly. I'm working on a great one, too. Mom. I can't wait. So that is the story of Miss Joyce Clay, who is an Aboriginal activist. Australia. I love her. I know. And she's still alive, so we she's should go visit alive. her. Absolutely. Yay, because there's so for. many that we can't visit. I know. But that's okay. Irina Sadler, I would have loved to have met her. Oh my God, right? Uh -huh. She would have been just oh. incredible to me. Yes. That's okay. We'll get there. We'll, we'll meet all these people that we that are still alive. Yes. I need a passport. <laughs> you do need a passport. If we're ever allowed out of this country can I ever give, again. Can I give you power of attorney and you give me a passport? <laughs> you, now you want me to conserve you into a passport. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're seeing the benefits now. I really am. Okay. I really am. I'll give you a cell phone. I will give you a place to stay. Mm -hmm. But you have to do what I say. And that's we're going to travel the world. So mm -hmm. get ready, bitch. <laughs> Conservators really are bad. I'm just... We're just making... Yeah. Light of it. Because it's just truly horrendous. Like, if you can't laugh, you just cry all day. Yeah. All this crazy shit that's going on in the world. Remember, I suppress my feelings. Mm. Yes. And I make sarcastic remarks 
So I don't have to feel things. Yeah. I make sarcastic remarks to deal with all the feelings that I'm feeling. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I, you know, I have to be a smart ass. Mm-hmm. So True not genetics. that I don't take things seriously. I do. I just don't want you to know that. Yeah. And see me, my heart is on my sleeve. So I have to like deflect with comedy and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. So on that note, thank you so much for listening to episode 20 of See You Next Tuesday. And as always, we'll... See you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.